and welcome to episode 10 of the Adventures of Stuffers podcast. If you have listened this far into my life, congratulations. You win the prize of hearing me for another week. And this week is a real treat. My friend Angie just came back from her trip to Disney and Universal, and she has some thoughts she wanted to share with the class. Actually, I forced her and I made her take notes, but that's besides the point. So without further ado, here is Angie and her rant on her lovely time in Orlando. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Oh, you know, we're doing the three-peat. So now you got to go come one more time because Ken came three times. You're on two. You got to do one more. So Okay. We'll, we'll see how many listeners you lose after this episode first. Okay. I mean, it's about the listens. It's about the heart. Uh, that doesn't make sense, but we're going to go with it anyway. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So you just came back. If people don't know, but she's on another episode. So go check out that episode. We talk about nostalgic games and all that good stuff. Uh, it's an embarrassing episode for me because I tell you about things I didn't know existed and should have known. And my best friend was catching up and he was like, you didn't know about this. And I'm like, okay, let's calm down. Uh, Angie is from California, so her home park is Disneyland, but she took a trip to our side of the world to visit Disney World and Universal Studios Orlando and not Hollywood because Orlando's better. That's besides the point. I don't know where you want to start. Do you want to tell them how long you were there? Yeah, I was there for two weeks. It was a crazy whirlwind trip. I started in Disney World and I was there for a total of eight days, but um, only six days in the park. One of them was a pool day. And then I headed over to Universal where I stayed at the Hard Rock for a total of six days. But during that time, I also visited SeaWorld and Aquatica. So basically every day I was walking a good 10 to 15 miles and I am still recovering because I got back Saturday night and if I sound tired, I'm very sorry. She's dead inside, but that's okay. It was worth it. So when you guys are listening to this, this is actually the week, like the, her first full week back to reality. So she's going to sound dead and that's fine. Let's tell the folks how, let's go with flight, getting, uh, you rented a car. So your rental car situation, and then you checked into Caribbean beach. She said, unsure because I forgot already. Correct. Yeah. So I stayed at the Caribbean beach. I've only been to Disney world three times in my entire life and both times, when I was there with family and extended family, we always stayed at Grand Floridian. That was just where we went. I loved it there. But going with just my sister and I, we were like, we barely spend time in the hotel rooms. It is to sleep. It is to bathe. That is all. So we wanted to stay at a resort that was, you know, they consider it a moderate resort. And our travel agent actually recommended Caribbean Beach just because it was it's on the Skyliner. You know, it's it's quaint. It's not huge. And well, okay. I, I I'm making see. faces. I'm making faces. If anyone <laughs> you can't see the faces, let me rephrase. Caribbean beach is huge as in it's spread out. It's not huge as in there's a lot of rooms. Okay. And I enjoyed that for a lot of reasons. And like, if I was going back to Disney world at any time, I would 100% stay there. There, there was no point um, where I felt that things were too far away. Um, I was in the Martinique building, which is 
a preferred room. It was the only ones available to reserve, which was fine. I had requested Martinique because it's closest to the Riviera. And it's also right next to the main check-in lobby uh, by the shops, by the pool, uh, by the bar. It's just really nicely centrally located. And the, the way the buildings are laid out, it's, I would say maybe like 40 rooms a block, two, two levels, you know, um, I was on the second level, which was great because you never had to worry about, you know, the stomping kids above you. And it was always really, really quiet. There was no hallways. There's just, I, it, it never felt like you were in a very busy spot. And I say that because while I was there, it was the week after the 50th anniversary and the parks were freaking nuts. So being in a resort like that, it, it was just nice because you almost didn't feel like you were at a Disney resort just because of how quiet and secluded everything was. Yes, walking to places takes a lot more time at the Caribbean Beach Resort, but if you're willing to walk even further after your time at the park, I think you're rewarded with, you know, nice rooms, gorgeous location along the lake they have there, being near the Riviera. It's just totally worth it, in my opinion. So I've stayed at pop century and I've stayed at contemporary number one I'm going to back up a little bit okay and it must be nice to be able to stand stay at Grand Floridian <laughs> it's just it must be nice we did contemporary and we stayed in the garden view rooms because those are the cheaper ones mm-hmm. absolutely horrendous experience so it's really unfortunate because of the location of the contemporary you can literally walk to MK which is super nice because that's the park you want to get there. You want to go, go, go. 100%. Would I try there again? I don't think I can convince Jackson. So we might have to do Polly or Grand Flow at some point. My dream stay is Riviera. So love that you were close to that. Topolino's highly recommend at everyone. Pop Century was large. I don't want to say large, but large. It just felt there was a lot of century situations going on and and I got lost easy and it took me at least two days to get my bearings and I was only there for three. So (laughs) So that's just me. I didn't have kids above me. It was the kids running down the hallway outside of my door. That was my problem. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know what technically a quiet resort would really be. And I understand you're going there for theme parks. It's a family friendly theme park cool, which we'll get into later when we take the next section of your vacation. But there are just other places that I say that I don't just, I don't have that issue with. And there's kids. I'm just saying, all right, continue with your journey along. So you've stayed, you checked into Caribbean beach your first day. Did you go to a park like a mad woman? No. Oh God. No. I I got to the hotel about eight o'clock at night. Okay. So no, that was hard. No. Yeah, not worth the money for a ticket to be at a park for one or two hours. Correct. But I digress. So we actually headed to Disney Springs and had dinner at Jock Lindsay's. Yes, I'm an Indiana Jones fan. Yes, I had to eat there. It was awesome. I definitely recommend it. They have this appetizer there that is a pretzel and also a charcuterie board. And I highly recommend it. It was delicious. It looks expensive. You don't know what you're getting, but you get this awesome cheese sauce to dip it in and all these different meats and all these different cheeses. So good. Also got to watch the Harmonious Fireworks from very far away, which was the only time I wound up watching Harmonious. But it was just a relaxing night 
and an early night because there was um, Epcot to go to the next day. It was the beginning of the end as she knew it. <laughs> and by end, I mean end of her feet. So, oh, I'm not going to expose myself, but a, like things just clicked in my head just now. And um, wow. All right. I love a pretzel appetizer. I'm not telling you what clicked. It's just not going to happen. I love a pretzel appetizer. And I find that the shark chark charcuterie boards, I want to say charcuterie, but it's charcuterie. I don't know how to pronounce things anymore. I always enjoy them, especially at Disney. I don't think I've had a bad one anywhere <laughs> we've been. I've seen like the sizing maybe is small. I can't remember where we were that we had one and it was a little, a little small for four people, but for two people, I could, I can divulge. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. You went to Epcot the next day. Yes, correct. So Epcot or as you, and now I like to call it Walcott. Correct. Yeah. Um. So the last time I went to Disney World was in 2011 and Epcot was my absolute favorite park. So I appreciate a theme park that has an educational element to it as uh, nerdy as that sounds. And Epcot kind of always filled that void for me. Um, Back in the day, Spaceship Earth was my favorite ride. And I was just really excited to go back. And I, I hate to say it, but I just feel like I really didn't get it that much this time. And I'll explain why as I go along here. The education uh, element or the, the feels? Uh, the feels. Okay, continue. Because I, I would say in general, except for all of the crazy construction happening at the front of the park, that most, most everything is the same. If we're not including Mousestorm or the addition of the new Ratatouille Red. I know, rip Mousestorm. But um, so that morning I was able to secure a boarding group for Remy and I will admit that I was completely stressed out of my mind that entire night before and did not sleep well because of it, because I had never dealt with the virtual cues before. And I will get into more about virtual cues as I go further into my trip and how I feel that Disney just makes it harder than it needs to be. Um, but yeah, so secured the boarding group, was up super early, was able to get into the park for 30 minutes early, which is kind of the new slash old thing that Disney's doing. And um, went on test track, went on mission space, went on spaceship Earth. Everything was great. Like, I, I don't think I waited more than maybe half an hour for any rides, which was awesome. And um, also the food and wine festival was great. Uh, really didn't try too much of the booths just because it was so hot and I am not good with humidity I have learned I was basically just hopping from shade to shade and having drinks and trying to keep myself hydrated because it was absolutely killer and um, for dinner that night it was via Napoli which I had heard mixed reviews about Um, and I take my Italian food very seriously but I will admit that the pizza with the cantaloupe and the prosciutto is pretty damn good. So if you're going and you're, you're kind of on the fence either way, and if you like a good pizza with fruit, especially if you enjoy pineapple, you very well might enjoy this pizza. I like fruit. So I haven't eaten. I say via Napoli. You can say however you want. There are things that you say that I'm not going to correct you on because I don't know if it's correct pronunciation anyway. You're probably right. 
I don't remember the last thing you said that I was like, I don't know if that's how that's pronounced. Anyway, <laughs> I I like a quality pizza, but I also can eat a not so quality pizza. I just, I'm a person who won't go to a theme park and eat pizza, but there's a caveat. There is one time I will eat pizza at a theme park and that is the Orlando Informer meetup and at Louie's because it is unlimited and it's just, that's just how it goes. I will say though, that's it, right? It's free. It's mostly Jackson or one of our friends will get the pizza and I'll like have a couple bites. I usually get the pasta and the meatballs because I always like to try meatballs from different places. So I just, I'm just pick not picky, but I'm particular and I try not to eat uh, pizza or like talk. I can't say I don't eat tacos because at the boathouse, I really enjoy their tacos, but I try not to do like things I could essentially get here which technically you can get anything you get at a theme park at home but those are things that I eat a lot that I just try not to divulge in some things I eat at home but I don't eat a lot of so I'm like okay that's fine but I eat pasta and pizza a lot so like the last thing I want to do is go to a theme park and eat more of it that's understandable yeah maybe one day yeah I don't know I mean I I think the restaurant itself isn't like if you're if you're going for a themed restaurant of any sort that that's not your ticket I think uh, there's ones in Epcot for that it's just very boring it's big it's loud but I think the food makes up for it in my opinion and like I am a pizza snob I am an Italian pizza snob in probably a very bad way but yeah I I really enjoyed it it was it was top tier pizza in my opinion so <laughs> It wasn't the greasy uh, theme park pizza that. Oh yeah, no, okay. We'll see. That's fine. What did you think of Remy? Because I, if you listened to my, was it the last episode? Yeah, no. If you listened to the last episode when Ken was on, he was like, "Don't, I ain't wasting no lightning lane on this ride." Oh, oh God, no. Well, I, I will preface this with saying I have ridden the ride before at Paris. Mm. Um, <laughs> having said that, I, I, I thought it was cute. Like I, I thought it was cute when I wrote it in Paris. I, I think the premise is awesome. I find it fascinating when ride vehicles can move without a track and it's all GPS based. Was I worried that a mouse was going to crash in to another mouse during the thing because of what had happened a few weeks earlier? Yes. But none of that happened. None of that craziness happened. Um, you know, it's it's a 3D ride. It's uh, pretty basic. It for what Disney could do, in my opinion. I I hate when Disney clones other rides from other parks. I I, I think it's I I don't know. It's it's disappointing in a way, especially okay. when they do more. And a uh, go ahead, go ahead. I well, I um, my gears are turning. So, which ride are you comparing this to? Or are you just meaning like Paris to and bring yeah. it to Florida? Oh, okay. I, I'm just it's a complete copy of Paris. And the only thing that's even slightly different is the queue. And I would say Paris has the better queue. Um Paris, you spend more time on the outside. And I know that sounds crazy, but um basically inside of the queue for both the Epcot version and the Disneyland Paris version, you're kind of outside 
in Paris, you have the Gusto sign and he talks to you and you have all the buildings and just stuff's going on. And to me, the Epcot queue, when you first enter, it's just a series of hallways and the wallpaper is pretty cute. And I, I know you're going in a couple of months yourself. Um, you know, you'll see it for yourself, but um, the wallpaper was interesting. It gave me a, a very haunted mansion vibe because I just, I just, oh, felt yes, you wasn't, it could have been better, in my opinion. Um, oh, man. It was just something that was there, it existed, it didn't, it, it, I don't know, it just didn't tie into the ride as well as I would have liked. This is fine. I my thing is is we don't have like an Epcot day, like a full day. We don't have like a park pass. So the boarding group option is not really an option for us. I know that they did they do a standby? Did they start doing a standby or was that just for rise? I feel like I read somewhere that some line, some some red started a standby queue as well. But I I was just gonna do lightning lane, but now I don't know if I want to spend thirty dollars to ride a ride that's cute. I mean, like, I, all rides are cute, but. Yeah, I mean, had Rise, and I'll get to this because that was the next day, but had Rise been standby and you could pay to be on it, I would 100% pay to be on it. It was that good. Remy, I it's hard for me to say just because I already knew what the ride was. I had already ridden it. I had already told myself that morning that if I didn't get a boarding group, I wasn't going to be crushed because I knew it was an exact copy. I enjoyed it in Paris. It, again, it was cute, but had I not gone on it, I would not have been upset. Would I wouldn't suggest anybody pay $30 for it, honestly. And I don't honestly think it's deserving of a virtual queue either. I, I might be the only one to think that, but I, I just don't think it's up to snuff with other rides that are eventually going to be using it. I, I can't imagine Guardians of the Galaxy isn't going to have one. I can't imagine Tron's not going to have one. And I expect those to be a lot better than Remy. So my thing, I think the only reason why Remy is a virtual queue is one, it's new and two, it's new. I, I don't think that there's really any other reason. I also think that the demand they anticipated would be higher. I mean, of course I haven't been there, but I feel like there have been other things that have been like, I feel like the merch during the 50th celebration was more deserving of a virtual queue. I just debatable. (laughs) Well, I just think I, I, as much as the rise boarding group process goes, that gives me more anxiety and it. I just feel like you had no problem. And even people I've talked to or seen, they've had absolutely no problem. Anyone that I've known gets a boarding group. I don't think I've ever had somebody not get a boarding group for it. Well, Rise, when I was there, was not doing the virtual queue anymore. It was all standby. Yes. Well, in a general sense. Oh, anyone that was doing a Remy boarding group has gotten a Remy boarding group. Gotcha. Rise was just more anxiety inducing and not everyone got it. For sure. I agree. I think it shows who loves who more. (laughs) Yes. That's fine. And any highlights from your, oh, you have some hot takes about Epcot, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, we, we discussed this and <laughs> I think it'll be a good segue to my Hollywood Studios day. But um, we were at Epcot at the end of our trip and the last ride we rode was Journey into Imagination, which I adore. I think it's adorable. I As love you should. Yeah. 
is it as good as the original ride? No. And Tony Baxter should still be pissed. But having said that, when we got off the ride, I, I don't, a little kid made me think and just kind of, I, I don't know, it brought me back to when I was that age. But the kid said, what was the point of that ride? It was so boring. And that just kind of hurt my soul in a lot of ways. And I'll say this, I, I, I don't know if there's a certain age where you just have to appreciate what's going on in Figment. I, I don't ever remember riding that ride as a kid. And I feel like the first time I went was in 1999 and I was, you know, a little seven-year-old and maybe I did ride it, but I, I have absolutely no recollection whatsoever because honestly, maybe during that time is when the refurb was going on, the big one. So I, it might not have even been open, but having said that, it, it just got me thinking about Disney in general and how they're moving more to IPs that made them money and how they can translate it into a ride to get more of these kids and more of these families into the park because oh hey the this this movie we love as a family and oh my god they have a ride we must go ride it and that just got me thinking about how when I was a kid it was kind of an opposite reaction in a way like I went on a ride and when I went on that ride I wound up loving what it was about and I learned, you know, about all these new things. And this is going to transfer over to my Hollywood Studios day. But um, what my favorite rides as a kid were Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster with Aerosmith. So much so that when I was a seven-year-old in second grade, Aerosmith became my absolute favorite band because of that ride. It wasn't because, you know, I was a kid and loved Aerosmith and I was like, oh my God, I have to go on that roller coaster. Like that, that's not how it works. And it was the same thing with Tower of Terror. I didn't know anything about the Twilight Zone, but God, anytime it's on TV, I'm going to watch it because it's just a good show. And I, I appreciate, and this was the Michael Eisner time. And I know I give him, I used to give him a lot of shit for what he did to, with Disney and the company. But looking back, uh, you know, between him and before Frank Wells died and even afterwards, they appreciated the parks and they weren't, they were willing to go out of their way to make, you know, attractions and let the Imagineers just kind of do whatever they want, which I appreciate nowadays because I think a lot of that has been taken away with budget cuts and with what Disney feels needs to be in the park. And that kind of goes a little into my back to my Epcot day because I will admit that the Frozen attraction is actually pretty good. And I loved Mousestorm as a kid. So like, I, I can't be all upset about it. I think they've done a good job with most of the stuff that they've put in, but it does just kind of hurt me in a way because I know how creative Disney is. I know what they can do. I know what they have done. And I feel like they are being limited so much that a lot of that magic is just kind of being taken away. And to wrap this all up, when that kid said that about Figment, I was just like, okay, you know, when I was a kid, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I didn't have a phone in my face since I was two years old. I, I, I didn't have to be constantly... It, constantly you know amused by something like you know we have short attention spans nowadays and that comes from technology I will 100% say that and I, I just feel that 
today's kids and the generation that's growing up, they need more to, to like enjoy things. They just need more stimulation. And that makes me worried for stuff at Epcot, you know, like Figment, are they going to try to shove inside out in it because it's an IP because it made them money? people would be outraged. I would be outraged. You cannot get rid of Figment. He, he is Epcot in my opinion, but you know, you see them doing it with guardians of the galaxy. You see it with frozen. You see it with all these different movies. What are they going to do with dinosaur land? You know, they got rid of primeval world. Are they going to put a good dinosaur ride? You know, like that's where my head always goes. It's not like, you know, they're going to do something really creative and cool here. It's what movie makes the most sense in this area so there's my my you know quality rant as always but with so i love figment too i just know figment doesn't draw the same crowds as it used to Mm -hmm. i my first time writing it was i promise you this was still a thing but when it was sponsored by kodak or whatever photography thing was a thing and that's where I was first introduced to the ride. And I've loved Figment ever since. I, I don't think anyone gets it anymore. <laughs> like, I just don't think people get the ride. And I, I also, I don't know how education works because I don't have children and, and I've been out of school for a little bit. But I thought like learning about your senses is fun. You know, I, I just feel like there was a lot more quirky but like cute ways that we used to learn things and I think figment is a great teacher in a you know quirky and cute way another hot take that I'm going to just slide right on in it's not an IP but bring back the old test track thank you that is all oh okay so let's talk about test track shall we (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) okay so I will admit like when I last wrote Test Track, it was the old layout. You know, it was it was all the, the scenery that was, you know, the flats. And it was just cute, right? I, I, I use cute a lot. I should stop using that word. But it, it was basic in, in a sense that, you know, it, it was very, you know, old age. It, it didn't fit the new new era community of tomorrow that Epcot is supposed to be, which I understand. And I get why the updates went the way they did, but it, it's so, I feel like it was almost a downgrade when I wrote it. I think building your own car is super cool. I thought that was a neat little uh, part of the attraction where, you know, you were, you were racing the other cars in your car and who had the better efficiency and power and all that stuff, right? But having said that, I I remember a lot of the sets that used to be used in the old test track and like looking around during the attraction, I felt like a lot of that was lost. You know, it was all a lot of glowing lights and screens and there just weren't a lot of set pieces that like cohesively pulled it all together. So that was kind of disappointing for me. I miss the dummies, the Takash test dummies that they had in the queue. I think... My thing is, is there's so much, ooh, I'm going to use a Dillo word. There's so much nostalgia <laughs> tied into this ride 
And mm-hmm. I just missed the old cue. Now the old cue terrified me because the whole slamming and clunking and, you know, it's fine. And then they got sponsored by Chevy and things change. That's fine. The build your car thing is pretty cool. I just feel like they could have did something more with it or, or I, I did something less. I'm not even sure what they could have done. I just glad they kept the outdoor part. I'm glad that the premise is still there i just there's the glowing lights is definitely a recurring theme and i can agree with that yeah i still love test track though don't think i'm a test track hater because i'm not no it's it's still a good ride and you go fast and that's always fun yeah always uh is there any other no what no no i don't i don't think i've ever been on test track when it's broken down knock on wood uh no i lied it stopped once but it wasn't, it wasn't like in a really bad spot. Imagine stopping in the boiling hot heat of summer. Oh, no. Let me not put that out in the universe. What else did you do? You, any other highlights from Epcot that you would like to share with the class? Um, I, I would say my, my, I will say what we're thinking about Spaceship Earth in general. And that is, it was definitely 100% my favorite ride at Epcot the last time I was there. I just, I just enjoy it. I think, again, it's educational. It's neat. I love it. And when they announced that they were redoing it a few years ago or, you know, upgrading it or whatever the heck they were going to do, IPing it, we don't, I don't know, you know, because it wouldn't surprise me if they tried to shove an IP in there besides the point. Um, I, I, by the time I got off that ride, it left me, it left me wanting them to upgrade it in a way. I was definitely disappointed with how much downtime there was in that ride. And I don't know why I didn't remember that, but like, you know, where they put your faces in and they show you your future. I was like, wow, this is really outdated technology. And I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully having a good upgrade to that ride in the future. I'm hoping, going back to technology, I'm hoping that they really can, oh, I, I, it's hard because they're like rebranding, revamping what Epcot stands for in mm-hmm. more ways than one. But if they can just upgrade, update it and, and it'll literally be a bunch of uh, kids on their phones and looking at screens when they hit the our time but anyway yes (laughs) it'll be fine but I definitely think they can upgrade it and maybe utilize some sort of other I mean I like the screens at the end I like the whole build your own future concept I feel like they could just maybe utilize and update it a little bit more 100% but I uh, Spaceship Earth is definitely one of my favorite attractions in a general sense so they can keep it and just give it some love agreed how about yeah. that? It deserves, it deserves some love. And I, I, I'll admit that like Epcot deserved love for a long time. Is this the kind of love it needs? Time will tell. I think it's a lot of love at once, which is what's turning me off at least the most. It's just, I mean, I know a big portion of it is one area and that's fine. I was just also a big fan of interventions and I, I, I just... They're changing it a lot. And do I need it to be super educational? No, but like what happened to like interactive learning mm-hmm. moments? I don't know. I, I was an interventions fan. 
but I, I understand that the times are changing and we have to grow with the times. I'm sure Moana will, <laughs> Moana will be Moana. That's all I'm going to say about Moana. Moana will exist forever in our hearts and on those barges. Yes, exactly. All right, let's move on through to Hollywood Studios and do your hot takes. I, okay, yes. My first hot take is, holy moly, there were so many people at Hollywood Studios the entire time I was there. It was painful. Like, by the time, like an hour after the park opened, all the lines were over an hour, easily. And that just kind of kept creeping up throughout the day. It was had genie plus been available during my trip i would have purchased it for hollywood studios because i could not deal again this is going back to me not wanting to wait in outdoor lines because the humidity was killer that is my problem a lot of people seem to enjoy it so that that's on them i'm i'm glad and that's cool but uh i wound up having to change a lot of my plans towards the end because we needed two rope drop days at Hollywood Studios. So the first rope drop day, which was the second day I was there, uh, our goal was Rise of the Resistance. And we got there early, we got into the park, we bolted towards the Rise of the Resistance line. Oh my God. I, I, <laughs> I still don't understand where I went in Hollywood Studios and how they snaked us around to get us in that line. But you, Pass the Muppets, you you know where you enter Galaxy's Edge, obviously. And that's kind of where I got stuck in the line. And I'm like, wow, okay, Rise is right on the other side of this area. We're, we're going to be in and out in 30 minutes. It's going to be great. I was wrong. I was so, so wrong. And it was so, so disappointing in that way. Because the line, instead of going straight into the ride area and Galaxy's Edge, went to the right down all these pathways that I'm pretty sure only cast members can get into, snaked around, came back, and then went into the ride eventually. But it was worth it, and I would do it again. No, I have not ridden rides up to this point, and that ride restored a lot of the faith I have lost in Disney's um, Imagineering and the rides that they built over the years because I was absolutely flabbergasted and blown away by how much went into that ride. And I will say now that I am someone who does not ride, watch any videos about rides before I go on them. I, I, I try to remain as spoiler free as possible. I didn't even finish the Imagineering story on Disney Plus because they had a whole episode dedicated to it. I did not download the VR game of Galaxy's Edge because I just wanted to be completely surprised. And I'm really glad I did because I got off that ride and I was like, wow, I wish I could go again. It, I, I don't know. I, I was sad that I was not able to get on it again during my trip, but dang, that was a good ride. I mean, you know, it's one of my favorite rides. I think Mickey and Minnie's is, is up there for me, though. Okay, yes, and I will get to that for sure. Um, but let me finish with Galaxy's Edge first. Finish? Uh, okay, so I will admit that getting to pilot the Millennium Falcon was super cool. I haven't done it. Don't spoil it. Thank you. Oh, you haven't ridden the ride yet? 
No, that we ran out I, of time last time we went. Okay, I will definitely not spoil it then. I, I will admit though, I wrote it twice while I was there just because the line was about 25 or 30 minutes each time I was around it. So it was worth the wait. Having said that, it gets pretty repetitive pretty quick. And that was kind of disappointing for me. And it's not something that I would wait super long each time I was there to go on it. It would definitely be on more of my skip list for a lot of reasons, but I won't get into it. And then Galaxy's Edge overall, again, I had basically no spoilers. I had seen pictures of the different shops and whatever, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I never got to experience Galaxy's Edge before the pandemic hit and before there was more supposedly going on, but it just felt empty and lacking of life. And okay, I, I, I see your face. I see your face and I get it. But I, what I'm trying to say is like, when I walk into a Star Wars land and I am a Star Wars fan, I expect, you know, a droid to be walking about or characters to be walking about or just something. COVID. It, yes, COVID. But when we get to Universal, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to get, and I'm really going to diss this more, but <laughs> it, it, I don't know. It just felt like there were a few really good moments in that land that were not cohesively linked. And there was just a lot of empty space that I felt that could be utilized better and make for an overall experience that was just completely unforgettable. But I was just left feeling kind of disappointed. I definitely think COVID has a lot to do with it because I know that like stormtroopers uh, do their thing and I'm sure characters do their thing as well. And right now we only get like distant memories of these people. Mm-hmm. I also have not gotten the full experience of Galaxy's Edge. The first time we went was in December of last year when like after everything reopened, masks were still enforced outside. Like it was a whole thing. So mm-hmm. I, I also don't have a quality experience with it, but who's to say what will happen? Not the next time I go, but the next, next time I go, because I know the next time I go, it'll probably still be the same. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that in a couple of years that things are different and I, I'm able to kind of like update my feelings about that land, but it, it, it just felt kind of void of life. That's what I'm going to go with. Whatever. I, I, I enjoy galaxy's edge, but my, my thing was, it was more crowded with people than crowded with like star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. I will say the droid building experience was 10 out of 10. I would do that again if I was made of money. Okay. I, I will admit I did not do the droid building. I did not do the lightsaber building. Mostly because I did not want to have to lug that through security. I did not want to lug it home. And I was also like, do I really need another dust collector in that way? Um, my droid is a great display piece. So <laughs> I, I'm offended right now. Okay. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's fine. Continue on your journeys. (laughs) Okay. So Hollywood Studios. I did not wind up doing Mickey's and Minnie's till further on because I needed another rope drop for that. But as someone that was absolutely devastated when the great movie ride closed for many reasons, 
I was okay when it closed. I am now okay that it closed for what got what it got replaced with because Runaway Ra- Railroad was absolutely adorable. Railway, Runaway Railway, ma'am. Oh God. Well, that's embarrassing. The Mickey and Minnie ride that takes place on a train <laughs> is absolutely adorable. I loved it. I I have I I don't know. It was just a perfect ride. It was a great combination of animatronics and screens. And again, with the GPS, you know, trackless ride vehicles, I I was absolutely blown away with that ride. And even the pre-show, I, I, if you had been there and you had seen me, and if I had had a mask off, you would have seen my jaw drop on the floor because however they figured out how to make the screen blow up in front of you without you realizing it, that really got me. And when stuff like that gets me, I, I, you got me, you know, you win. I actually haven't seen the the pre-show because it wasn't functioning when we went in December last year. (laughs) I know what happens though. Everything for you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. no, it's okay. I already, I already knew that that happened, but uh, okay. I'm excited to see it this year. It's going to happen. It's it's going down in like a month, two months. Oh, I'm going to vomit. It's in two months. Uh, Well, I don't know. Like it would have been weird to see or go on that ride in general without the pre-show because the pre-show is like so important to the storyline. And since you haven't seen it, I don't know. I I think you may even like the ride a little bit more. I don't think I could like that. I mean, I guess I could, but I don't think I can like that ride any more than I already like that ride because I love that ride, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a great ride. And I even with, you know, Goofy being in the the conductor area and like that being a part of the ride it was just wow there, there was just so many moving elements and everything worked so well together and I will take back what I said earlier and I'm very happy that it's being closed to Disneyland so I can ride it again in a couple of years is it yes it will be built in Toontown I haven't I haven't been to, to Disneyland so I I don't I haven't been able to experience all that we'll, we'll get there eventually <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. So Hollywood Studios also rode Slinky Dog. I do not understand the obsession with that ride. I found it kind of boring. And I don't understand why the wait times are as long for that ride as they are. Tower of Terror, always great. I have no qualms about that ride. It is in my top three rides of all time. I loved it. I was sad that the, the wait times weren't lower, so I could just ride it like 15 times in a row. Rock and roller coaster, also great, still great. Who knows how much longer that ride has, but I was very glad to be able to ride it again. And what else in the park? Food. Did you do any food in the food. park? Um, went to Sci Fi Diner, which was kind of a bucket list item for me. I've wanted to go for years. Mm-hmm. Don't poop on it because I don't know if we can be friends if you poop on it. No, I'm not going to poop on it. Okay. I, I thought it was super cute. I loved it. I love the atmosphere. I love how you get to eat in a freaking car and watch all the old black and white stuff. It was just super fun. I I got the fried pickles. I love fried pickles. <laughs> they were very good. 1010 fried pickles. Um, I also got the new lemonade celebration sipper. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, they had that at sci-fi? Yes. And oh. they pretty much have them everywhere. Oh, didn't know that. Pseudo one. 
I did not have the heart to melt a Pluto head in my lemonade. Also, I didn't really want to add more sugar to my said lemonade, but um, yeah, it was good. The collectible cup is really cute and it, it was worth the $10, I think. But yeah, uh, Sci-Fi Diner, I feel like, although I really enjoyed it and I have nothing bad to say about it, it's not something I would go to every time I went to Hollywood Studios, like every trip, you know? I, so me and you were talking about it and I was thinking what else I would like to try. I, I'm a creature of habit, but I've heard so many good things about different places at Hollywood Studios that in December, me and Jackson are actually going to try some new places that are on, that people have said and, and have recommended to us. So I'm excited to do that. However, if a sci-fi reservation comes up, I will adjust my plans maybe to partake. I'd rather adjust it for Ogas, but clearly no one loves me and wants to give me an Ogas reservation. <laughs> But it's okay. I I enjoy it as like a as a lunch option. I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to eat it for dinner. Like we have a dinner reservation already that I I'm pretty content with. But if it opened up for lunch, I'd I'd be open to do it. Yeah, I I think I I mean I'm assuming that the lunch and dinner menu is the same. But uh, we it did is, it for lunch. Sure. And we were one of, it was a 10.50 a.m. reservation because it like technically opens at 11. But even by the time we got in at 11, there half of the cars were already filled. And I will admit that, um, and this goes for every restaurant at uh, Disney World and probably every restaurant in America at this point. And I won't go too far into it. It's just, it's it was so hard for me to get reservations and it was, a terrible experience hands down and I understand why now and that's just because none of the restaurants I was in aside from probably beaches and cream and beaches and cream is a small place anyway that I I would say less than half of the tables were filled and that's because there weren't enough people to work and it was no other reason and Then like when I started seeing that and seeing that, you know, even Disney is having this issue of not getting people to be able to work, then I was like, okay, I understand. I get it. I I understand why it was so hard to get reservations and hopefully it can only get better from here. I, so I find it the, the only two places, at least at Hollywood studios that without fail, I can 95% get a reservation for at any time is Mama Melrose and Hollywood Brown Derby. Those are the only two that consistently usually have at least one, if not two or three times available. Even Epcot, I have such a huge beer garden. I just want to, I just want to eat my beer garden. That's kind of like a tradition, or at least I want to have one time a year when I go to Disney. Um, But that's not even available. And I think they're doing some special thing. Maybe they're not. And it's just very difficult. I'm not understanding how beer garden is already so full. That's a discussion for another day and another problem that I have, but sci-fi always, it's like you have to wait until the very last minute and then maybe somebody cancels. Ogas, I've had at least two or three alerts, but I missed them by like five minutes and it's super depressing when I miss them. 
Well, I had the same problem as you with Ogos because I was only able to get a reservation for way later in my trip. And I really wanted to do it the first day I was at Hollywood Studios, just so I wasn't having to go back and forth to parks and I just wasn't feeling it. And I had the same problem as you. I kept missing, you know, alerts for ones that would open up on that Tuesday. But the night before I checked and there were a ton of open reservations and it was easy. Do I enjoy planning things the night before I do something? Absolutely not. That is not the kind of person I am. I would have much rather have known I had had an Ogos reservation two months prior and just been able to plan for it then. But I, I just kind of realized as I went along when something wasn't working or you know we weren't we wanted to eat later or earlier or at a different restaurant, it, it was very, very easy to make those changes a few hours prior or even the night before because everybody was dumping reservations. So that's what my hope is, but I, with wedding stress. <laughs> yes. You, like you I said, a lot more. <laughs> if anyone, I will, I will become friends with you, friends and family on uh, my Disney experience. If someone can score either a two party or four party lunch or dinner, during my trip, you can DM me if you want the dates. I will love you forever. Yes, help her out. She's getting married. She deserves it. It can get be your wedding present. Yeah, get a wedding present for the wedding. I, it's fine. We're, we're, we're we stressed. <laughs> we're, we're stressed. NTUA, sci fi. What else did you eat? What else did you have? Is that it? Oga's. Do at Hollywood Studios that day. I did not have dinner there. Oh, no, that was boobash night. Oh, are we are we going are we transitioning to to oh Magic Kingdom? Okay, yes. Yeah. So, I if we want to finish with food, I had Kona's for dinner that night. 1010, great restaurant. Um it, it, everything was great. But that was basically it. Let's go to boobash, shall we? Oh. Did you not, did you not do, you did AK. Hold on. No, well, we got to talk about AK before we do a boo bash okay. review. Okay. okay. We can do animal kingdom. I don't know if we want to, we'll end on a rip a new one. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. Um, I love animal kingdom. Always have always will. I, I obviously have not experienced Pandora because I haven't been there in 10 years and I I've watched avatar it's, I appreciate the movie. It, it's not my favorite. I don't get why it's the number one box office selling movie of all time, but it's okay. I respect it. It's all good. I, I, I don't, I don't get how it ever got into Disney's hands or why there are rides about it, but, but Flight of Passage is amazing. I loved it. I loved every part of it. It was what soaring over or well it's not soaring over california anymore it's soaring what soaring could be if they would do the correct updates to it i i thought the scenery was gorgeous the screens were so good you just you felt like you were flying on a banshee and i just fell in love with that ride the queue everything the land is also completely gorgeous thank you joe Rody. we're sad that you're gone now, let's talk about Navi River, River Journey because 
that obviously I did that after Flood of Passage and I had such high hopes and I'm like, this is going to be so good. How can it not after what I just wrote? And I left that ride feeling so disappointed. <laughs> the animatronic is great. You know, I, I hear it's like a $2 million animatronic or something. And, you know, you can tell that it's a $2 million animatronic. But the fact that you're basically just presented with a lot of screens beforehand, and then you see the animatronic and you turn in and you disembark from your boat. I, I, I don't know how you can have such a beautiful land and a beautiful ride and flight of passage and then have that. Hold on. It, I think Navi River Journey is pretty. <laughs> Okay, yes, the scenery is beautiful, but as a ride, it's like, you know that that meme you see on the internet where it's like the horse and it's beautifully drawn halfway through, and then the back half is like this, this stick figure of a horse because they ran out of time and money to finish it? That's how that ride felt to me compared to the rest of the land. Okay, I, okay. That's all I'm going to say is okay. I will say that I enjoyed Flight of Passage a lot. When I first wrote it without Jackson, I mm-hmm. like, I was hooked. I was in it. And then I was like, Jackson, I feel like you're going to love this ride. And he was like, eh, Soren's better. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's one of those. That's fine. I, mean- I married him with all of his flaws. <laughs> I mean, Soren's a good ride. I, I, I never feel like it was one of my favorites forever. Like I, I, it was always my mom and my grandma's favorite. They would write it all day when we were at California. Adventure. Literally my mom, same. My mom loves <laughs> Soren, dude. Yeah. And, and like, I never got it. I was just like, it's, it's okay to ride, but not, not to this extent, but I respect people that feel that way. Flight of Passage, on the other hand, I had the line not been two hours after I got off of it, I would have gone again. I think me and Jackson have to do it again. I don't know if it was because I made him rope drop. You know what I mean? I feel like it would be a one time, only one time people lightning lane so he can sleep in and we can just do it at his leisure. He can ride Everest. Like we can do the whole, the whole thing, mm-hmm. but he just wasn't impressed, man. You, you don't know how like hurt I was. I was like, I hyped it up, man. I was like, you're going to love this ride. It's such a great ride. Oh, look at the queue. Isn't the queue great? And he was like, it was I. Oh, I don't see, even think he said I. The problem is hyping things up for people. Cause I, I know it wasn't like some things. And then when the other person does not respond in a positive way, it just completely pops that bubble. I didn't say it was the best ride in the universe. I just said it was a very enjoyable ride and I think you would really enjoy it. And it's really, really cool. And he just didn't think it was really, really cool. And I was really hurt. I don't blame you. (laughs) Oh, did you see Kite Tales while you were there? Yes, I did. (gasps) Okay, does it live up to the hype? Because I'm actually so pro Kite Tales. (laughs) So I, I I wasn't sure what to expect going in because everything I saw, TikToks, you know, um, articles on all these Disney blogs, it was this kite crashed into this tree, this kite crashed here, this kite crashed here. And I'm like, 
okay, am I going to get taken out by a kite if I go watch this? Is this a safe thing to go watch? And then I was like, okay, well, if a kite crashes into me, maybe I'll get, you know, a night off my hotel room or something. Sorry. <laughs> Having said that, I, I thought when I had read about it and when you kind of see the cue and the decorations that it was going to be like Jungle Book, Lion King, I think those are the only two they have right now, but I, it was kind of, kind of be both of those movies intertwined. But when I went to go see it, it was just jungle book. So you had the King Louis kite that is huge or more blimpy, I guess. It doesn't feel like a kite when you see it and uh blue. And then you had the prickly pear kite. And then you had the elephants. They did a really cool um, like dance sequence with elephant kites, you know, to the, the, the songs in the movie and I honestly it was amazing like I I didn't <laughs> I was expecting like something really bad to happen just from everything I had seen and when I got to watch it it was just it was it was innovative it was adorable and like I have so much respect for those kite what do you want to call them kite handlers let's let's sure. go with that sure being able to do everything they did so well and in such synchronization while on the back of a jet ski. And if anybody here has ever ridden a jet ski, you know how scary that can be at times when, you know, there's so much going on. So I, I just thought it was beautiful artistry. It was different. It was interesting. And it really fit well for Animal Kingdom. So I really loved it. I wish I could have gotten to see the Lion King version of it because, you know, it's my favorite movie but I'll take Jungle Book. I thought it was great. I, I suggest everybody go and see it. You might think it's shorter than it could have been. That was kind of what hit me at first. Like I kind of wish it had been longer because it was so good. But other than that, yeah, go try it out. Go check it out. You're likely not going to get hit by a kite. They seem to know what they're doing now. All is well. I mean, maybe getting hit by a kite is the best part and we just don't know it yet. That's true. Who doesn't want to get taken out Baloo by Baloo? Uh, that's what I'm saying. A Baloo to the noggin. It's all, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Hello, friends. So this is going to be the end of part one for episode 10. Me and Angie ended up going really in depth and our conversation was a little longer than we expected. So part two will be out tomorrow. So I hope you tune in to listen to the rest of her trip review, her review on Boobash, SeaWorld, Aquatica, and Universal. See you tomorrow. 